Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Our guest is an international renowned artist, Jacqueline Ripstein, who has inspired thousands of people all over the world through her high vibrational art, books, self-awareness seminars, and workshops. Believe me, just viewing and reading about her techniques has made me look at the art in a whole different way and everyone out there, hang on to your hats because the next hour is going to be definitely a wow factor. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Paula, I totally agree. Jacqueline Ruthstein takes us into a deeper level of art that I have never thought about before. Plus, she has made the differences of viewable, too. It's like each piece of the painting is speaking to you. Such an inspiration she is indeed. Um, she's quite simply dared to cross the boundaries of the traditional art schools, igniting new techniques in the world of art. Several leading scientists, as a matter of fact, Dr. Valerie Hunt, Dr. J.J. Hurtak, uh, Dr. Rafael lopez Guerrero, and Dr. Von Cook, have revealed that her art has unique healing properties that can elevate viewers to heightened states of, of consciousness. Paula, you even said that you saw where it lifts a person's inner wisdom. I sure did. Um, and it transcends and expands your limiting thoughts, your beliefs, your habits, and then enables you to support and inspire those around you. How wonderful is that? Yeah. And we'll be talking... <laughs> We'll be talking about some tips from her latest book. The, the book is The Art of Healing Art, The Keys to Power and Awareness. Jacqueline, it's really exciting to have you with us. Welcome to our show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here with you and share inspirational moments with both you, both of you. Now, when did you realize you were an, first were an artist? I mean, were you early childhood? Well, you know, to 
I was an artist, you know, since I, I was born in the sense of I would convert things, create things, and, but to really realize that I was an artist, I don't think I did until years later. Why? Because when you are something and, and it's within you, you're not looking for it. That's who you are. It was like just a need, a passion, and I would stay home and even tell my mom I'm sick and take the thermometer and put it, you know, against something hot so I would tell her I have temperature and and really, you know, just stay home and paint by numbers. And then when I was 12, I won a national contest, but I really never thought about me being an artist, I just knew that I loved the art, that it was part of my intrinsic self, and that was, you know, something I was expressing through. It was my my language that I was expressing through. And after I won the contest, it, it, it was a diploma for, for Prisma Color, I flunked art at 15 which was really amazing in the sense of the moment they tried to encase my mind or show me things that were inside of the box, I I just couldn't comprehend it. I just, you know, couldn't be uh, inside of that box. And one of the things that I really have come to understand is that when you are in a path by destiny, and there's footprints in that path, you eventually tap into it on your own, you know, by saying, yes, God, use me and put me in the right path. You're there. You know, you're, you're in that path. Mm. Well, I can but relate you... to that because I've never been able to be in a box either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You have stepped into a path. I... <clears throat> You have created works that there's different levels that just seep through the painting with these different uh, types of lighting you created. What was it like for you when you began experiencing this kind of art that you've developed? I was always looking to ask for, for meaning in life. I was always looking to search beyond of what the eyes could see, you know, and then in the 1984s, I started with the same agents as Salvador Dali had here in New York and in, in Paris. I had the the um, one of his publishers, and I kept on saying, you know, this is not my time, and I have to come up with invisible, you know, things. I have to show people the light of God, and people would really laugh at me, and they would say, my ex-agent would even say, well, that's funky, no? That could be a funky technique. Well, if you think about it, time an oil technique was created was in 1870, and that was the titanium white. And since then, there's been new techniques like acrylics, but never in oil. My art has a higher frequency oils with crystals, and it comes into an invincibility which was given to me. I, I cannot say it's mine. I can say it was given to me as part of my life mission to take humanity by the hand and show 
away through the invisible world, which means through who which we really are. We are not what we see. We think we are creating our lives from the visible world, but we're not. Where we're really creating our lives from is the invisible. Our thoughts are invisible. Our emotions are invisible. You know, 24-24, we are into an invisible world. Then we manifest it in the visible. But we're really creating from the invisible. So that was a very big need of mine to bring along the light of God and the divinity within each human being and and help transcend to that, which, you know, it's taken me 38 years now since I began professionally. And it's like, for me, I've been in that path, path pursuing and pursuing and pursuing. And, you know, just knowing it was not my time, which sometimes was very frustrating. Now, well, was your watching you, created I, I, to, I, oh, it must oh, have been I'm so exciting to, to, see, to see these levels rising up that, that it was almost as if your soul is being placed on the palette and, and, um, and you're, you're weaving it in back and forth and, and then it becomes visible. I, you know, this must have been so exciting for you. I, I can imagine my, you know, I've done oil painting and I've done watercolor and, and to be able to see this kind of movement, what was this like for you? I mean, your your soul must have been so tickled and so excited to see these aspects coming up the way that they did. It was really awesome. Yeah, you know, when you're pioneering a path, is not that easy and you have to open a path for others to come into it. But then, you know, I really found out that when you say, yes, God, use me, things flow easier. You're taken to the path because I never went to art school. I'm self-taught. It was even more difficult, the research of it. But then I just had that inner hunger. And if you see some of my paintings before 1986, which is when I patented the invisible for the first time, and then I patented a few more. You know, you can see some of my paintings. For example, the dream of man. You see a man dreaming and the soul coming out of the body. And then in the book, you have the lesson for the the burden of life. You see an angel, but that angel, you think it's invisible, it, and it really is not. Which shows to me that I already had a footprint. I only had to follow. You see, life gives us certain messages along the way. And many times we don't hear them. Many times we do if we're open to it, if we're really taking our life to a mission level, which is something I always had the need of. And it was really amazing. It was really, you know, as as the search, as I was taken to that search for three years, you should have seen my studio. It was like an alchemy studio, you know, with all kinds of research. I started first patenting movement with art, and that movement, it was paintings moving. And I used to say, why would the paintings be static? And so I came along 
with putting motors and they would move in several ways and they would show you different scenarios as they moved. And then when I gave birth to that, then the need of the invisible just started within me and that's, you know, where I, I started that mystical journey even more profound because each painting would take me to another dimension, deeper and deeper, and the paintings began to be my own teachers. And that's why I created that book, because it's 15 messages of life through 15 paintings that are portals to different dimensions. Yeah. Now, when you, when you created the new technique, um, was it to go into the different portals, or did the technique show you that that was possible? No, the thing, you know, the experience little by little. When I, when I said, God, let me show people your life and the divine that within each of us, I had no idea what I was getting into, to be honest with you. I really, Paula, I had no idea what the path would be opening or developing for me. I knew a little bit about energy at that time, 1986, but we really didn't understand about frequency, vibrations, emotions, and all that was revealed to me as I stepped into it. Now, remember that we're talking about ultraviolet. Ultraviolet means outside of the violet color, the body of the violet color, which means the other side starts the invisible. We have a spectrum of colors from red to violet. The era we're living now is the era of Aquarius, which corresponds to the violet color vibration. The next era will be going inside, and the next level would be going inside of the ultraviolet spectrum, which is invisible. And that's, that's where my mission comes in, to be the bridge of taking you know, humanity, people are aware of that visible, invisible vibration. I'm still a little bit avant-garde to my time, but it's not something I have done on purpose. I know, I could feel the vibration just seeing your art over the Internet, and I'm sure that it's even more powerful in person. What is it like before you start a new piece? It's, uh, it comes from a moment duration, you know, and it, I never know how it will come. Sometimes I get it through a writing that's given to me. I call it the essence of the painting. And then, you know, I just develop it. But usually the invisible comes separate. You know, I don't, I've learned that I can do a sketch of the visible, but none of the invisible. <laughs> Oh. When when was the first time that you saw other people uh, responding to your art, I mean, in a healing fashion or opening them up? <laughs> that That's a, a great question, and it's in the book. Um, my first show I ever had, really, it was in uh, 1974 with the government in Mexico of Cuernavaca, and I did not want to have the show. I really was very much against showing my art, you know, to the public because it, for me, was making, you know, my whole self to people, which is exposing my soul, 
<laughs> something we we even protect more than the body itself. And a friend came, and she brought an invitation already printed with my name, her name. She, you know, and and it was with the government, and it was like a huge, huge show. And I went like, oh my God, you know, what is this? So I really was pushed out. And at the middle of the show, the wife of the mayor of the city called me and said, we need you to come. We have a diploma for you. And I said, for what? You know, what's a diploma for? She said, well, come. So I went there, and she gave me a 100 writings of people, you know, from the town. Some, you know, poor people, very amazing, you know, children. And they all wrote, they, they chose one specific painting and they wrote what the painting was teaching them. And that's when I learned that my art was there to help people, you know, teach people. But it was not me. It was the art itself. Oh, wow. What an experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty strong. <laughs> I could just, did you have tears come down your eyes when, that, when she gave that to you? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Well, I was shocked, you know. I was like, oh, my God. It opened. It was like, you know, when you have a, a, a closed door and Sonia, a, a door just opened in front of me, teaching me, first of all, that we are only tools. We're only instruments of God the moment we say, yes, God use me or guide me. We're becoming only tools of God, and and the rest, you know, we have to really leave it to God in the sense of saying, I am doing a work. I'm trying to bring to humanity something positive, you know, igniting inspiration, and I think our humanity really needs that. Yeah. yeah. It would be wonderful for everyone to be able to have a piece of your art in their home yeah, well, that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Valerie says, if you've seen the book, uh, she says that she wishes that my art would be in every home, you know, in the United States, knowing that would, it would create a peaceful and protecting uh, vibration to it. And yes, I've been told that for years until... Uh, <coughs> sorry, I have a little bit of a cold... Um, until scientific people came in and started doing tests of how my art can really help you, you know, take it to another level. If you think about it, Paula, art is a, is, is a canvas, right? It's on a canvas, wood, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not matter that's dead. It's atoms that are vibrating. Whatever you're painting, and it's matter. And that matter is energy, and that energy is charged through several different ways. The colors by itself, the emotions of the artist, or the soul that's creating that piece of art. So there's many, many uh, elements to one piece of art, you know, that go even beyond what we're seeing with our eyes. That's why I say to people, be very careful what you bring to your home, because you can also bring in black magic or very low vibrational art that can be affecting your emotions without you knowing. Mm. Now, now, what 
prompted you to write your book. And, and all of a sudden, I think to myself, wow, what a great way, though, to get, if people are unable to purchase one of your paintings, that they might look toward the book to bring in part of this vibration. And I, what what really triggered you to, to do this latest book, The Art of Healing Art, uh, The Keys to Power and Awareness? It- First of all, I never thought I was an author. Like, it happened to me the same as a painter. I, w- I got sick, and they thought I had a brain tumor. And I, I had been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and eventually um, I went to the Mayo Clinic. I went to University of Miami. They just couldn't find what I had because they found it was not a brain tumor, that my pineal gland was very big but normal. And then... And that's what they thought it was a brain tumor, and then they thought that maybe a, you know a brain stroke, which they saw no, and they just didn't know what I had. But it went worse and worse, and for three years I could barely speak, and I could barely function per day. I fu- I could function like one hour a day, and my astrologer, astrologer had suggested that I should start writing, and. That's what happened. I just started going within, and in the silence that I was forced to be in, I was dictated this whole book through the art. And yes, you know, when you're seeing the book, there's two books in Amazon. You see one that's called FlexiBond, which is the color book, which is healing just by the way of the color, or the black and white, which is a book that takes you right away to knowledge and connects you to it. So one of the things that happens is that you can be seeing the piece of art, and and just by the art image, you are being taken to another part of your own self without us knowing sometimes that is happening, you know, which is called a moment of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You can see that. I mean... Ah, <laughs> that's inspiration. <laughs> yeah, you, your heart must have been. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! It's just like so exciting. Um, Jackie, you know, it's, I, I have I, I have to make a comment to you. Um, yes. Just talking to you over, uh, you know, interviewing you. Um, I feel that you're coming in from a higher vibration. I mean, I'm feeling the vibrational. Uh, from the vibration from you personally, not only from your art, but from you personally. You just gave me chills. <laughs> I just got chills all over my body. Thank you, you know, for that. And, you know, one of the things that is real is that I, I ask God every morning, you know, God, just help me. Whatever I came to do, just help me help, you know, our world get into that higher level of consciousness because we need to really help people awaken and when you say awaken is to be aware to give them moments where you know in our lives we do not change by the years that we live we change by moments of awareness that we have and those aha moments are the moments that bring us to another level of awakening of our humanity you know we can be human but we can also be inhuman. And we're dealing with both forces. 
I call it in the book, the chiaroscuro of life. And Taz, if you're an artist, I'm sure you know about chiaroscuro techniques. And chiaroscuro is, and comes from the Renaissance time, is, is the play between light and darkness within a piece of art that really helps you bring out those powers out. Well, life is about that as well. You have the forces of light and darkness. When I paint, if I want to show you the light of God, my only way would be through darkness, which means in our lives, the darkness that we think we have, the pain, the tests, the trials, is to bring out the light from within us. It's really an amazing gift if we know how to use it as a gift. Well, you certainly do, and you're sharing it with everyone. Um, we thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, it's really nourishing. It, it's it's really nourishing even to hear your voice. Um, it, you know, it it make you know for a minute we just kind of stop and think what you said. I mean, it's you know and contemplate what you've said because absolutely it's. And I can imagine, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to read the book, but I can imagine just with you speaking the way you're speaking and what you've written in your book, um, you know, it's it's an imprint. I mean, it, it's an imprint you're leaving with people and uh, that they can really investigate and be inspired by their own souls um, on a different level after after reading the book. I, I, I'm almost positive that's what's happening. And then and then your art's the same thing. I mean, it, it stops people right in their tracks. <laughs> that's well, remember, remember Taz, that they say that an image is worth a thousand words. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. when you're in front of a piece of art, let's say, for example, the Tibetan art, uh, and I have a workshop that I do like this also that's amazing. It helps people in an amazing way to tap into things that are negative, you know, stored within us. And when I say negative, I'm talking of energy. Sometimes we have fears. Sometimes we have pain, anger, resentment. Those are spots of negative energy that unless we let them go and we free ourselves from them, they will be hanging us to lower level dimensions. And the whole idea is that to help people, and the way you read the book, it takes you two ways. One, from the beginning to the end, any level that, that you are, to the next step of awareness by the time you finish the book. Or you can open it as an oracle. You can ask questions, and you can open it as an oracle. And because it has high vibrations, and it comes from very high vibration portals, it just goes within the soul. So what happens is when you see a painting, and, and you let's say you see a devilish being, right, like in the Tibetan art they do. So they sit you down in front of this devilish being, and you start saying, oh, my God, it's horrible. It creates fear. It creates, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's, it has anger. Well, guess what? All that you're seeing in it is not in the painting. It's within you. And it's a great way to spot within us 
those parts of energy that we need to release. The same as when a person, we call in people to our lives to help us heal those same spots, but sometimes we do not understand why certain people, you know, come to us. And I have it in the, in the beginning of the book, you know, why are we attracting certain people to our lives? Because sometimes, not only through love, but people that hurt us can also help us find within us those spots of energy that can release from and then get ourselves to the next enlightening level. Wow. So when someone's using your book, um, like on a daily, um, daily, and then you use it as an oracle, you would open a page, and that's what you should be working on that day? Yes, yes. I've had people report to me that I had a person calling me to say, you know, not only answering, you know, my question, but now I'm opening it every day to say, God, guide me through the day, and then they just go through it. But the most important thing is, even if you read it five minutes a day, what you're really doing is you're connecting to your soul and keeping that connection alive because there are many awakening moments for example uh, we have awakening moments as individuals as society as civilization so 9-11 was a civilization awakening you know a process that happened to all over the world and I have a painting that had prophesied that 9/11 and it's called confusion. It's one of the of the lessons that you can see in the book. But one of the things that happens is that when you're connecting to those points of your soul, you're awakening and you keep that awakening process on and on and on. When you don't, you go back to sleep even stronger. And you saw it in 9/11. 9-11, so many people awakened to say, oh, my God, you know, that was a oh, my God moment where things happened and we were not expecting that. And pain just opened all of us to the union of who, who we really are. And, and I was in New York at that time, by the way. So one of the things that we have to be aware of is that we need to work on our connection with the soul constantly to avoid, you know, the ego to put us back to sleep again. Oh, I know. I can see after 9-11 how it woke everyone up. But then, as you say, we start to go back to sleep again after a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In the book, if you see the prologue, I have, you know, I, I wrote this. We're all students in the school of life. I have used the term lesson in the title of each chapter of this transformational book because each chapter expresses an apprenticeship in the journey of life. Each individual who crosses our lives is a teacher. Teachers in the school of life are not only those who love us, but also those who have hurt us or those who have created deep pain within us. So these are teachers that that. Give us the opportunity, for example, somebody that's being abused. What does she attract? An abuser, right? 
what part of her attracted the abuser, the low self-esteem, you know, lows within that person that needs to be ignited to understand that nobody can abuse you until, you know, you learn to say no. And that no brings you to another strength level. And I'm not talking of, you know, a rape or something that you can't avoid in a moment that still, you know, has, has lessons about it, you know, but in another level. I'm talking of a constant abuse, emotional, physical, because sometimes we do not value ourselves. We attract to our lives people who prove us, you know, right. You do not value yourself. Well, here I am to devalue you even more. And sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We, we create within us, you know, worse situations because we feel non-deserving. All this has now, been taught to me by my art. Now, do counselors and um, psychiatrists use your art when they're uh, working with their patients? Uh, I have some that have used it, yes, and I just started because when I was doing the book for three years, I really had not taken the art more, you know, I stopped painting so I could do the book, and you cannot do both, you know, there's so much work within a book that I really never even thought about it, but yes, there are people who are using it, and now they're starting to use the book. I have people who are buying it, and then they tell their their people who they're counseling, uh, suggest to them to buy it. Yeah. I question on this, when you show your art, you know, you have the adults that pass by, and you have no doubt some children as well. I wonder what the children may have said to you about your art. Well, remember that that's, that those are the purest, you know, children up to seven are very pure souls, you know, in general. And I've had children with AIDS, and I've had normal children, and I've had schools of alternative school I've gone to. But in general, children go like, oh, my God, look at that. I gave schools here in Florida from the, you know, first year to the sixth and there was a child in the second year was showing the the painting life which shows you it's lesson three which shows you the boat destroyed and how many times we feel destroyed in life how many times we, we feel beaten and that we can't go on anymore and then in the invisible the boat appears complete that shows us that the soul is complete. Nothing can destroy, really really destroy us. Mm. So this little girl, without me knowing, had lost her dad coming from, escaping from Cuba, he had drowned. So with tears in her eyes, she said to me, oh my God, now I know my dad is complete, my dad is okay. It was like, oh, wow. Oh, that gave me chills. Yeah, I want to now, wow. what is your role? What is your role in the International Association of Educators for the World Peace in the UN? Well, I was chosen in the year 2000 to open the Millennium Day. I gave a workshop to 450 children, and the whole idea was to get 
messages for peace from those 450 children, which is what beautifully happened after I gave the workshop. I gave a workshop I give with music and painting together. And then I was asked to be part of the Educators for World Peace. And one of the things I've been doing internationally, the last was China and India. I've been promoting to use the arts and creative forces as an instrument for world peace. Oh, wow. And my proposal, by the way, is based on Einstein. You know, Einstein used to say that, and you're going to say, why do Einstein was a true artist? He really was beyond, you know, he out of the box, and he was a true creative. So one of the things he used to say, if you're trying to solve a problem from the level it was created, you can't. You need to move one octave above. And I'm trying to show people that the only way to really create peace and move that octave above are the creative forces. Because once you're in the creative forces, which is the shift from the left brain to the right brain, that's the bridge to the soul. And that's the octave he's talking about. When you are creating, you, you do not have space for anger, for pain. It's a space of joy, of connection with the light. It doesn't matter if you're singing, dancing, painting, whichever of the arts you know you decide to to do to watch to be part of so it's a place of peace it connects us to the place of peace that we all contain within us i feel like jumping up and down i <laughs> could <laughs> it's like your words are so i mean they really move Move the soul. I, it's just so wonderful what you're capable of doing, not only with your painting, but your words. You were oh, so right on. <laughs> so your paintings are really um, helping the peace movement. Well, if you see, there are books from the Theosophy Society from the beginning of the of the century. I don't remember the name of the book, but there was a book where it showed that a piece of art goes connected to the universe. So when you have something vibrational, we are not seeing it. The same we do not see the radio or the TV, yet the frequencies are going through us all the time. It just needs a specific antenna to put them on. Well, art is the same. When art is connected, like, for example, Rumi, you have these poems of Rumi that transcend the word language to take you to the soul. And Sufism, I love, you know, even though I really have never been into it. I just met the master one time at the United Nations on the first time the, all, all the spiritual beings gathered. It was opened by Ted Turner. I was one of the lucky people to be part of. You know, when you are reading or you are in front of a piece that that's high vibration on my you know I, I used to have a teacher years ago when I say teacher it was he was really like a guide to me very inspirational he was Spanish and he was amazing and he used to say a piece of yours can protect the whole building and when you have that piece of art that's vibrating and connecting 
to the universe because it goes beyond the planet. And, you know, we are the same as human beings. A Gandhi, for example, the Mother Teresa, they were throwing out uh, vibrations of such high, high level of compassion, which in kinesiology is one of the highest levels. It's 800 out of 1,000 measurement. Imagine these people, whoever was in touch with them just to be in their presence, at that point you were already benefiting yourself by being close to them. Well, these people were emitting frequencies that would go above, you know, and connect to frequencies that are all over in the universe. And that's what Dr. Rafael Lopez Guerrero, one of the scientific people, proved with my art. In fact, he also put it in the scale of music. He, no one ever had measured paintings emitting frequencies. They have done it with music, but never with art. Wow. J.J. Hurtak must have, like, he must have come off uh, unglued when he, he was able to look at your work. Yeah, I well, mean, it was really interesting because I was commissioned to do the Virgin Mary for Medjugorje. I don't know if you have heard of Medjugorje. Yes. In uh-huh. Croatia. And when I was commissioned, it was, like, really big. I had a tour all over the country with Father Joe, and the painting was unveiled, and it was, like, amazing. But by the time I met him, he said that he had had a dream where they asked him to be in touch with me. He had already known who I was. It was really interesting. <laughs> and, yes, you know, he's, he's written several times about my paintings, and... Did you see what he read? He wrote in the book. No, could you no. tell us? Uh, do you have the book handy there? Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, long. I can read if you want a little part of it. Um, here, please. Yeah. Okay. Here. Jacqueline's work. We see humanity being nursed by crystalline waters flowing from mystic realms of being. In the current times of environmental and planetary change, we can draw inspiration from the image of our precious Earth being nurtured by the cosmic forces that sustain organic life. Her inner dimensional truths are often symbolized in legends such as the birth of a new being, in which celestial realms enter the Earth through the font of sacred rivers of light. Drawing from these archetypal myths and images, we discover in the paintings that the East and the West meet together in splendor, where the divine father-mother of the West and Brahma Shivas of the East pour forth the pranic life force energies of the divine family. Jacqueline Rutzain is, in essence, one of the divine messengers whose visual screen is able to bring both a scintillating field of idiographic language a Rosetta picture that emanates a sense of transforming. So here you see what he's talking about. He's going beyond a piece of art being a piece of art. He's talking about the vibration and what really that vibration does, you know, to people and how it can affect us. It doesn't matter if it's in a book or in consciousness. See, that's the difference of having and a live book, and a dead book. For example, a cookbook would be a dead book, even though it could be creative. It does not have awareness or consciousness. 
the more it comes from portals that are connected to the deeper dimensions, which I hope that in the new era we will learn to go beyond of what we just see to understand that certain things as art, as an instrument, you know, can really take us to very high levels of awareness. Uh, you know, when you said you were commissioned to do Mother Mary, mm-hmm. when you were when you were doing that, or you, when you were creating it, I'm assuming you went into that portal. Um, what feelings came through you when you were doing it? I mean, were tears coming through, or what were the feelings? Well, first of all, I was taken to Bosnia because even though it was an amazing commission, I did not accept it right away. I wanted to resonate with it, you know, to really connect with it. And I'm very honest, you know, if I don't connect with it, I would, would upset. So, But it was really amazing. I put on the candle, and I always, before I paint, I dedicate my brush to God. And when I have high commissions like that, I always say, God, give me three messages. If I get those three messages, then I know I am meant to do the work, which is what happened with Our Lady. And they were amazing. One of them, the first one, she appeared in a candle that I still have, that Father Joe saw. When he saw the candle, he said, she's here. The whole sketch of the of the painting was brought into the candle. Don't ask me how. She appeared exactly like the sketch inside of the candle. So when you're really working with higher dimensions and with with God and with divinity and with, you know, your light, things happen that are miracles and that are beyond of what our minds can really think of. So that must have been um, quite an experience for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, I was taken still when the war was there. We had to use vests, you know, sometimes because we were crossing landed mines. My whole family was like, where are you going? You know, you're crazy. What are you doing? They're going to kill you there. And I said to my daughters, well, if this is my mission, I'll come back. And if it's not, well, I died in the process, you know. But, uh, but it, you know, this is like like a journey and you have to take it like that like Shirley MacLaine did with Peru you know each painting takes me to a different mystical journey well um, you have already okay. advanced into bringing your pineal gland to back to full bloom <laughs> <laughs> you know it is you have your body has been transitioned I don't know for how long, but let me tell you, it's you're you're able to bring those portals up and those and to view aspects and to ignite them. And uh, I have a question: Have you, you ever worked with? I, I have you ever worked with Arch, Archangel Michael? I don't know by the name. I know that, for example, I've brought down archangels a couple of times and angels many times, and uh, I don't know if because giving a name kind of like uh, stops part of the energy. Like when you say God, God is much more than the word God. And for me, the word sometimes 
shorten uh, the whole the whole meaning of what something is. So I've brought down several times archangels. I cannot tell you which name they have. The reason why I asked because I uh, Archangel Michael works with color and sound together, and when you say that, you know. They're similar. I th- I, immediately, I thought about Archangel Michael. I would think that you don't have one only because in my encounter, you know, with angels, I have seen hosts of angels through my mystical journey. And I believe in the oneness, in the we and not the I. And I would think that even being archangels and having such a high hierarchy, they're always working with other hosts of angels together, not alone. Do you hear music? That's something I've learned, you know, with it. Yeah. Do you hear music or any sounds when you paint? No. When I'm painting, I'm gone. I really am gone. You know, I take the brush after I put on the candle and dedicate it, then my eyes start flickering and I'm gone, you know. Uh, sometimes it's two hours, four hours, and in the case of Our Lady, one time I painted 12 hours without knowing I was in that long. Wow. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have sure. any endeavors that you're going to be creating, whether you're going to be writing another book or whether another painting is that you've been commissioned to do, what's on the horizon for you? Well, I'm painting, you know, a couple of new paintings and uh, eventually a new book, no, because <laughs> it's so much work and and it's really, a, you know, my book is very much like the Course in Miracles. People need to have the awareness of it and it's part of you know, my legacy of coming into the earth and leaving something, you know, and especially I see it if I was sick and I was really in the point of one foot here, one foot there. I was really in a bad shape. If God gave me the gift of aliveness of being here and and the book, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, that book really goes out there. And the other thing also, the book... It's like a workbook, and I will convert it into a workbook to help people go through the different lessons and trials of life in order to clean themselves from that energy. Let's say like a shower, no? Shower themselves and get that low vibrational energies out of their system because sometimes they are programmed, and we don't know how to do that. Oh, I think by holding your book... (laughs) I, I probably holding your book would do a good job of that. I'll tell you, I just hearing you speak is um, I, it really does allow your heart to tickle and to go into that joy mo- movement. And you know, people have forgotten how to do that because of how our earth is at this time. And because, you know, it's just allowing people to dance in a different way. And I imagine just touching your book and being able to open those pages would be so empowering to the individuals. 
You know how I said that? Do you remember? <laughs> it's funny because I lost about books. Uh, the, the Little Prince is one of them. But do you remember the book of Michael Ende and the movie The Never-Ending Story? Uh, yes. Yeah, go well, ahead. One of the things that I said is like that. They'll open the book. Without them knowing, they'll be in a journey to their own souls. And that's what my art does. My art becomes the mirror of your own soul. And one of the ways the book is done is you will be reading it and you will go like, ah, uh-huh, I know that. Yes, I recognize things that you, you know already. Well, guess what? The one who recognizes is the soul. It's not your, right, it's not your left brain. So you're connecting directly, and the book is helping you connect directly to your soul. And those moments of recognition are very important because you will start finding how much you already know and how much is already stored within your soul that you just have to be to awaken it. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the whole idea of awakening our humanity, you know, taking ourselves, understanding that we are living in a new era, which means this new era is about high vibrations, and it's explained in Lesson 15 of my book. It's about getting into an era of higher vibrations, which are already happening. The violet color in itself is the highest vibrational color of the spectrum that the eyes can see. Yeah, you now imagine the, the, the vibration within the, the ultraviolet, which is invisible behind the violet. You know, they're much higher, but we're not yet there. We're in the violet at this point, and this is the moment of the crown chakra. This is the moment to prepare us to get the connection between our bodies and our souls. But first, to do that, we need to balance our bodies. We need to balance our lives. We need to to open all that light and darkness within us, spot the darkness, and it's not about getting rid of the ego. I don't believe that you can really get rid of the ego. You can use the ego as an instrument to move above it and, and use the light, you know, connect to the light like the eagles do with the storm. They move above the storm and allow the same winds to move them higher. Well, that's what we need to do. Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> What you just said about the eagle. I mean, it's wonderful. Um, and you see it, no? You see it clearly. Like, okay, if the eagle is using a storm, why couldn't I use a storm in my life to get me above that and, and take me to higher planes I've, ever, I've never been in? Never be I, I'm going to storm. <laughs> I know. I'm going to uh, think about that every time anything it's a little bit rough for me. I'm going to think about that. That's perfect. Great. And say thank you, God, for, because these rough times that you have or you can have, you're attracting them to your life to show you a part of light within you. Exactly. Well, um, on your uh, one of your websites, you have a free book that you're giving everyone. I think that's um, so great that everybody that's listening today should hop onto your website and uh, take advantage of the free book and then um, look at everything else that you have to offer. 
So, yeah, that's um, website that you can get it is theartofhealingart.com. So uh, Jacqueline's website is www.theartofhealingart.com. And there is so much to look at in your beautiful website. It's just wonderful. So uh, we advise our listeners to go to the website and uh, have fun. And uh, and everyone out there, the art of healing art, the keys to power and awareness is something that we can all use. We can use it daily. I should say it. <laughs> That's a book you can put on your coffee table. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you're saying that, Tess, but yes, in fact, I had done some bags, uh, and I was testing different kinds because certain people called me to say, you know, I just need to isolate the book like you do with a tarot and you put it in a in a certain velvet bag. People have asked me, do you have a bag where I can put it in, you know, just to isolate it and keep it there. And it's it's interesting that you said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so people can touch it and experience it. And ah, thanks. Oh, you have <laughs> you have raised us a notch, maybe two, three, yeah. or four. <laughs> uh, thank you. And, and now we can ride above the storm <laughs> whenever you know it comes what? our way. You always could ride above the storm. It's just a matter of knowing. That's the whole thing. We go to so many seminars. The other day I had a young boy in his 30s, and he said to me, you know the difference between your book and The Secret? And I went like, no. And he says to me, well, The Secret is talking about connecting with abundance, but yours shows us how. I went like, oh, my God, this is a 30-year-old boy. (laughs) Thank you for embracing our life today. Well, thank thank you for having me and and for your support and and for this inspiration and moments back to me and to my life. Well, we want everybody out there to know who we've been talking to all hour, because a lot of times we forget to say that, Jacqueline Ripstein, and her last name is spelled R-I-P-S-T-E-I-N. Her book is The Art of Healing Art, The Keys to Power and Awareness. And her website is www.theartofhealingart.com. And we thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, but I thank you so much, Tess. And, you know, hopefully one day we can talk more about the invisibility. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Just give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, and thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.